Welcome to Idea Factory Giveaway, the podcast about great ideas you'll never do that someone else can do instead. I'm John, and this is all my fault. I'm Besha, and this is at least partly my fault. It's true. It's true, and we should all accept it. Yep. Fuck. How's it going, John? <laughs> it goes well. I, I have a question for you, and I would like to welcome our guest back immediately, because oh. I believe that his input also will be valuable on this. Yeah. Um, can we once again introduce the most excellent Ian? Hi, I'm Ian, and nothing is my fault ever. That's Blameless true. in That's all true. things. <laughs> As innocent as the driven snow. Newborn babe. Mm-hmm. Without getting into, you know, the reasons why I might ask this question, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and just ask it. We're all familiar with the Star Wars fictional universe, are we not? Mm-hmm. Moderately. Are we talking expanded that's no longer really canon, or <laughs> what? Yeah. Ian is exactly my kind of person, and I love it. Here is the question that I, 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 I pose to you. To, to the to really to all of us, assuming level desert ground in all directions and no weapons of any kind, and that you would be battling until unconsciousness or tap out, how many Jawas do you think you could take on simultaneously before they manage to overwhelm you? I mean, is the force a weapon? Because it really just surrounds us, encompasses us, is composed of us. So can I be force sensitive and then use it to mind trick the Jawas? No. Into, like, fighting each other while I sit back and, you know, just have some delicious moisture for my farm. You are you are not allowed to use Jedi slash culture tactics on the Jawas. You are, they are, they are coming for you. Are they armed? And you must battle them. No, they are not armed either, okay. which is important. Don't they have, like, nasty little teeth or something, though? Well, mm-hmm. John, do you want to weigh in on what you think the Jawas look like? And if that's I have canon. no idea. I don't know if anybody knows. They were previously rodents, but oh, I don't know if that oh, counts right. anymore since that was Expanded Universe. I don't know if that's still part of the uh, canon or not. Huh. But they used to, at least in the Marvel comics, uh, I believe, uh, Jawa had his hood removed and he was like a little rat guy. Fascinating. I'm, I'm now reading the the Star Wars dot fandom dot com entry, oh, the and they're very yeah, yeah they're guess. very coy about it. Gotta love the Wikipedia, <laughs> absolutely. It's, no canonical source mm. has revealed what a Jawa looks like under the head. Mm. 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 So yes, I mean, just I, I guess you could you can assume nothing either good or bad. There, you know, there's there, there's nothing. I, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this. The strangest copyright infringement case involving Star Wars in 1978, small hooded creatures with glowing aisles that Neil Young called road eyes began accompanying him on stage during a concert tour in a tour film and on the cover of an album. The case was settled out of court. He just wants to stay relevant. Neil Young had bootleg Jawas? I mean, Freddie Mercury had a glitter Darth Vader, so I felt he—I bet he felt left out. I bet he's Freddie like, could ah. do anything. Well, well, Neil Young was angry. Neil he's Young, a star. Neil, he deserves it. No, he nobody, needs nobody it. is Freddie. Nobody can touch Freddie. Um, anyway, what was the question? Uh, How many Jawas could we I take mean, in a fight? I, I'm. Uh, are we working together, or are we abandoning each other to our fate? Yeah, are, is it, you is have it, been placed 
mono no, on, in separate corners of the of the desert. You cannot work together. Okay, and it is just a endless sea of Jawas. There is no like way I can win it. The best I can do is take out as many as I can before they overwhelm me, and then sell my parts to the Owens down the road. Yes. Okay. Gonna start with the big kick. Gonna like the first one that comes up. I'm giving the old Lucy football kick. Probably knock him out. Probably knock him into a couple of other Jawas. And then I just start jumping up and down as they come towards me. They're probably about three feet tall. I feel like I probably could jump high enough to start smashing them as a Mario would and just keep on going. (laughs) So I'm going to say with my vertical jump not being what it used to be, I'll be honest with you, getting a little older. My bones are now made out of uh, compressed plywood and disease. So 38... With like six injured, but they're going to get back up. They're going to like limp, but they're they're still in the fight. You know, they're they're, they're going to make it, and oh, uh, the yeah, stars. then they'll 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 you know start just covering me, I suppose, as a little like blanket, and then uh, carry me off to be disassembled in the sand crawler. So thirty eight with uh, six injured, and the thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm standing. Fascinating, Besher. Like one and a half. <laughs> you need to believe in yourself more. I, I if I can't have weapons, I mean, if it were guile, absolutely. But just like pitted against them in the desert, no, not a chance. They're not very from large. Street Fighter. You th- you feel like you have a better chance against guile from Street Fighter? No guile, as in yeah, from Street Fighter. <laughs> I mean, that's. You're a monster. Like he's fighting. I mean, you. you yeah. I mean, if I had Sonic Boom, double it. Double the thirty-eight anyway, with fifteen injured with my Sonic Boom. My natural cunning, notwithstanding, mm. I don't think I'd be up for much one on one. Besha, I don't. I, I dispute this. I think that I with agree. your natural power, you would be. You would account for at least a good half dozen. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I very much appreciate the thought. She's underestimating her mom. I was I was actually having this conversation with someone today because I had never. My friend Dom mentioned that a few years ago, the how many twelve year olds could you take in a fight went around the internet, and I missed that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but it came up because I was saying uh, my partner and I almost killed each other this weekend, and um, I'm a lot sneakier than he is. It's true. It's true. She's the rogue. She would be the I double am, dagger. Absolutely am. I always Sneaking do a wield. So the big question, do Jawas have the flexibility, the can-do attitude, and the sheer will Boxy. of children? Or are they adults who, like, you know, have a sense of mortality? I mean, that, I'm afraid, is a question that I is beyond the scope. strong sense of a sense of mortality from, from watching them in the... Uh, yes, and... I think that we are ranging we are, further afield we than are, perhaps we need to for the introduction to a podcast. We are so far off the rails. All this is getting added out. <laughs> this, this, tra- this trolley has... Replace this with smooth jazz. We, yeah, we, we derailed the trolley onto a platform of Jawless. That's <laughs> okay. Anyway. Hey, John, what is this podcast even about? I've forgotten. That's, you know what? That's a really, really good question. Here's what it is. For the past dozen years, I've been writing down every idea I've ever had without editing and throwing them all into a big pile. Now our guests, like Ian here, get to dig through the pile and look for anything good, crazy, or some combination thereof. If you hear one that sounds good to you and you want to run with it, do it. I just want credit. I want a copy of your SEC filing. 
and podcast being a visual medium, I waved whenever my name was mentioned. <laughs> it happens. We all do it. I I would like to apologize for how weird that just got, and, and I encourage you to cut it, especially because then when you leave in this part where I say I apologize for how weird it got, it's even weirder. <laughs> we'll see. I have a suspicion I'll, some of it will make it in because it was very good. Mm. <laughs> yes, mm. um, I- Ian, we did let you let is a is such a such a strange. No, thank you word. so much it's, for allowing me. <laughs> He's serious. Ian, you you had a, a dig through the the pile that I generated, much as a as a as an enterprising Jawa might. Did you find anything interesting in this pile this time around? Yeah, I found a few. Definitely some R fives, maybe not some R twos. So we are now on to number three five three. It's got a nice symmetry to it. Love a palindrome. Exactly. This is the glitter wall backdrop. Why? Would that be a good thing? Nobody said anything in this podcast is a good thing. Yes, no, it's true. I, you know what this was? I went to a. So there's the. I. This actually shocks me that I'd forgotten what this stands for. But there's an art school in San Francisco called CCA that is very good, that does graduate level art program and design program stuff, and they have like a like a, a night of like. A sort of open studio kind of night where you just show up and you can sort of like see what everybody's been working on. And somebody had set up a like an an entire what seemed to me to be like an entire wall of like old cubicle material, you know, that was entirely covered in purple glitter, and it made for a fascinating backdrop. For photos, it, in, in a way, it actually kind of presaged that whole uh, thing where where businesses would, you know, m- like these days make a nice little corner for people mm-hmm. to take their Instagram mm-hmm. selfies in. I just thought like more people should put glitter walls up for people to take their photos in front of because it looked great. And that was really all the thought that went in. <laughs> I just I knew I needed to capture it because otherwise it would be lost. Obviously, you've never had a fun, swinging early 20s roommate who loves glitter bath bombs because this is a terrible (laughs) idea because not only will the glitter get on you and everything you touch forever and ever, like literally the the at the funeral after you've lived a good like 60, 70 plus years more on what you currently live. Not that 60 is that's that's not good innings. They will. Still be finding glitter in your hair, under your nails, forever and ever and ever. A whole wall of you and your nice clothes, it just takes like one casual step too far back, and now ruined, ruined. Your night ruined, your life ruined. <laughs> well, there is an American-made girly glitter wall paint. Maybe they found a way to suspend it so it... Uh, no. Uh, the, no. No, that's hubris. No. <laughs> They've been saying that for so long. Oh, this time it will be different. This time the glitter will stay where you want it to be glittery. No, don't trust them. They're liars. There has to be a way. Well, I mean, I was just going to say there has to be a way to laminate such a surface. But you, you would need to be able to do it in large sheets. Mm-hmm. And I, hmm. Then again, you know, I mean, when we were kids in schools that had the pull-down maps... Yeah. Those were those shits were laminated and those things were big. Like I almost feel like you'd be better off just using glittery fabric. Oh, look at yes, fancy man over here with his maps. 
Good lord. I, I have to say, I Google image searched, well, not even Google, but I image searched Glitter Wall, and I am finding some, there's a real spectrum. And some of them look beautiful, and some of them look like you'll be tracking it into all of your friends' houses and local establishments for the next 50 years. I'm, well, you know what? I'm glad that the notion escaped somehow without my having to do anything about it. None of them seem to be set up as photo walls, but... Well, you know. wait, wait, what, uh, what are they for? Well, let's see. Here's somebody's bathroom. Lord. Or maybe it's a foyer. I can't really tell. Okay, there's one of a bedroom where the wall behind the bed is black glitter. And oh, the no. lights in front of it actually look really good. Huh. We've got some really tacky gold glitter in like a McMansion. Once again, we've established podcast visual medium, famed visual yeah. medium. <laughs> well, I'm I'm such a wordsmith, mm. you know. I just paint a picture with my words. Oh, here's <laughs> I, I just found one of the glitter falling off of the wall, and the floor is covered in it, which appears to be oh. somebody's process picture. Oops. With a lovely photo of, I believe, their wedding, and I'm sure that's about to fall no, apart. No, it's their baby. Oh, it's their baby. Oh, God, what is it with people? Okay. Doing? Bows on babies. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I like the idea. I see some fl- potential flaws in the execution. I'm sure for a fun photo, it would be fine. I just don't want to have to be the guy that puts it up or takes it down. Agreed. Next up, a party where you come dressed as the pop culture reference with your name. I like this because I hate having to guess what people are dressed up as. And I'll just be like, oh, yeah, you're Elizabeth the first. I got it. I got it. I put it all together. I really look forward to seeing John in a hair shirt baptizing people. It's not really a pop culture reference, but it is for those of us who majored in art history. (laughs) But, you know, was was he Jonathan the Baptist? No. See, that's the thing. Wait, you are a Jonathan? I don't think... Yes. I didn't realize that. That's why I spell it J-O-N, because spelling was, Jonathan with an extra H yeah. is for perverts. Well, duh. <laughs> I really didn't know that. Okay, who's Jonathan? Jonathan Strange? That, that's Yeah, that's the one thing that I actually didn't give any thought to. Um, I would probably show up to a party dressed as Jon Snow. Yeah, you know nothing. And that's, the syllables line right up. It's true. <laughs> And it's the right spelling of John. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was I, I believe that this was an idea uh, by my friend Leela. Mm-hmm. And That's what it says. Yes, yes. Uh, so all credit to Leela, who was actually a guest on this show, and you can listen to her episodes as well. Yeah, I, I think this is a great notion, you know, because it, 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 it simultaneously frees you up, but also like provides very useful constraints. I can only think of two Ians, and they're both just toothy Englishmen, so I guess that's right down my alley, so excellent. He dresses James Bond, and people will eventually make a connection. Uh, no. I mean, Ian Fleming just wore a bow tie. That was sort of his thing. short sleeve shirts and a bow tie. It's just... Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that... The, hey, listeners, please, when you put your five-star rating, put in other famous Ians, because I'm coming up. You're empty. I would love for that to happen because I actually also am having trouble coming up with other pop culture Ians. <laughs> I, yeah, I, Ian McEwen, Ian M. Banks. I yes. got nothing. Famed pop culture icon, Ian M. Banks. And there's really nothing that I want to do with Kesha, although I am grateful to her for 
getting people to s- pronounce my name correctly. You do also spell your <laughs> name with the uh, money sign, it's true. Well, I mean, with a euro. <laughs> the, very, very narrowly avoided, according the to that. The pillar of Heracles, you mean. What? The money sign is the pillar of Heracles. Really? Yeah, it's uh, it was two it's two lines with a ribbon down it, uh, which was the pillar of Her- Heracles was placed just off of Gibraltar, mm-hmm. and it's where the end of the world was. And the new world is beyond the end of the world. That's what the money sign is. It's two lines with a ribbon. Bonkers. I have no way of verifying whether that's true. Yeah. So I'm just going to believe it. Yeah, I'm going to go, go for Wikipedia. it. It's not that I don't believe you. I mean, if you don't believe me, then all is lost. Because once again, we established, I believe in the previous podcast, all I can do is tell the truth. I was cursed by a birthday cake. <laughs> well, while Besha looks that up, Ian, why don't you tell us what your next find in my apparent treasure trove of only good ideas is? Blinged out bows. Do you mean the weapon or the ornaments? Almost that because I feel like the ornament's already pretty blinged out. John being John, if I have a sneaking suspicion that I was thinking about the stringed instrument, actually, or like the, the implement for playing a violin, oh. where like you know, the, like guy. there should. <laughs> yes, I, I fame for knowing guys. That's me. Ian cannot tell a lie and also know some guys. I do go on, though. I mean, wh- wh- what about this guy? Oh, I, he is the... He is, as far as I remember, and as far and this might have changed in the uh, intervening years, he was the premier bowmaker for uh, symphonies in America. He spends half of his time in uh, France and then the rest of it in San Francisco. He's young. He's younger than I am. He is a prodigy. He owns a several hundred thousand dollar violin and he makes violin bows as a profession and uh, makes a handsome living off of it. So, dear viewer, if you can't find, or listener, I suppose, if you can't find any real gold to mine in uh, John's ideas, start making uh, violin bows. It's apparently quite profitable. I, I do have to admit that the bow that I have did not come cheaply. But what do you think your friend's opinion would be if someone were to ask him to encrust one of these bulbs with with jewels or even just rhinestones or maybe you know, like do a, a spiraling what? pattern of some kind of like inlay of of fancy or yes ooh, or or some kind of metallic glitter paint. <laughs> So you've got some left over from that wall that you've made for those photo ops, and you're just going to uh, slather it on your on your violin bow. I mean, he probably would, um, I would suppose, he's a very polite man, but I would imagine he would retch, excuse himself, and elegantly leave, be gone for about five minutes, come out daintily wiping his mouth with uh, with a napkin, and then placing it down, and then saying, what? You fucking idiot, what? How dare you? How dare you? Get out. Out. Out, and that would be it. <laughs> the end. Uh, no, uh, I think that. I mean, I feel like you would need to bling out the violin as well, or the cello, or whatever you're using the bow on, right? You want to have a matching set. I I could see a case, however, for like all of the encrustation proving to be something of an impediment to the sound quality yeah. of something like a violin. Whereas with the bow, I am not actually convinced that if you covered it in rhinestones it would actually make your playing sound any different it it might make the bow balance a little weird would it affect you know, your but, grip as well 
it, I mean, that depends on where you put your rhinestones, right? Point. Like, I, but, you know, but I think with, with, with sufficient practice, you would simply get used to the weight of it, and then it would be just like any other bow. The thing is that, uh, you know, especially if you are uh, like a violinist in, let's say, a, a band, right? You, you know, your bow is kind of the only moving part of you. And so why not make it interesting to look at? I mean, they are rather interesting and, and beautiful on their own with the varying woods and inlays and uh, some of them with some ivory as well. I, although I don't think that's particularly in vogue anymore nor used, but... Um, yeah, ivory, no. Mother of Pearl, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, they're, they're, the Besha's even pulled up some images of, of, some of bows. Some quite lovely And bows. they are... I mean, they do have um, individuality sort of already attuned yeah. to them, so I suppose yeah, you could just have some jewels drilled in as well. But yeah, but the inlay bit is so tiny, and it's on the underside of the. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to see that. But imagine if that there flirtily was actually just like a giant fucking ruby, and maybe you <laughs> had rhinestones spelling out the words "giant fucking ruby" around it. <laughs> And some LEDs along the length of it. That that was something also that just occurred to me. Yeah. You know, yeah, something like blinking. I, I just feel like it's worth exploring as a concept. I would love to see somebody try it, and I would love to give that a spin myself just to see how it felt. What's what's the term for this little bit of leather that I'm seeing, like, right about where I imagine you would grip it? I do not know. But you know what I but mean. I, you know what I, I mean. know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I want that yeah, that is. Crocodile. What? Yeah. I had to Google image search this because, like, I've never held a, bi- a violin bow in my life, and I felt like I was at a disadvantage. I, yeah, I, I have been playing for many years, and I could not tell you what that part of the bow is called. The so. leathery bit. The leathery bit. Yeah. But yeah, no, why not in different, different... Ooh. There do seem to be, you know, there's certainly elegant inlay, and there are different colors of bow. Different materials. Mm-hmm. Different. But, yeah. Fucking, fucking bedazzle the shit out of that. <laughs> I've only played a cello once that was at a party, and I was taught Binary Sun, or at least the opening of it, and I felt pretty powerful after an hour. <laughs> As well you should have. <laughs> party with a cellist. I've gone to the wrong parties all this you time. You surely have. God. Cello ain't no party like a cello party. Because a cello party is sitting down. Yep. And that's what I like. Oh, yes, what's ne- what was next in your survey, Ian? Uh, next up, dragon bike. I know we have dragon boats out here in Portland, but uh, dragon bike, same principle. Mm, may- product, maybe. That's the only the only hint you have is product. I I have this feeling, yeah, that it was it's a bicycle that where the handlebars are, there projects outward from it a Chinese dragon head. Mm-hmm. For literally no reason, and maybe the back where the seat attaches has you know whatever that that um, that cowling is on the back wheel that prevents all the dirt mm-hmm. from going up onto your back. Maybe that is configured to look like a like a dragon tail. Yeah. See, I was thinking sort of like a luck dragon head on the front fender, and then uh, some sort of of long flowing gossamer fabric. That stretches out well beyond and past the bike, and then whenever you're riding it, it undulates in a way that would simulate the the luck dragon in this weird flying yeah. pattern. The 
Do we worry in that case about entanglement with the spokes of the rear wheel? I mean, one should probably worry about that, but why ruin the majesty and magic of it all? I mean, kids are going to get injured. They might as well do it while riding a love dragon. Also, the love dragon... Extra luck, so maybe it won't happen. Just yeah. uh, based on the the the, the natural We're properties right of the, the dragon, name. yeah. I also feel like it might be possible to design a rear cowling for the wheel that would prevent such entanglement from occurring. Possibly, or at least you With know wires, greatly reduce perhaps. its risk. Wires or mm-hmm. their screen of some kind. You know, I feel like it could be done. I think the word is and- fender, by the way. Mm, yes, but but what I'm picturing is a sort of as a sort of like shell mm-hmm. like that 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 surrounds that whole mm-hmm. you know yeah. But I do love that image. I, I I think that was really all I had in that idea. I just I don't know why we don't see more of that. Well, I I know why, and that's because none of the three of us has ever been to Burning Man. <laughs> that's just a guess. But if you have been in Burning Man, leave a five star like. I'm going to continue this engagement. <laughs> leave yes, <laughs> and tell us about the bike you saw. Oh, That's the most important um, bit. Yeah. Yes, uh, outstanding. Are we moving on? Let's do it. Okay. What's the next thing you found? My personal favorite companion, which would be Garrus from Mass Effect, but he's a body pillow. Oh, so I, I feel like he wouldn't be cuddly at all. He's all carapace and bones, and he's always bothered with calibrations, and he doesn't want to talk to me. But I do feel like he's, you know, he's, he's a little, he's a little shy. Maybe he wants to talk to me, but he's like, oh, maybe I'll he just wants to cuddle. I'll say the wrong thing. I'll just do some calibrations and then wait for the cuddles. I mean, it's hard being an inspector on the Citadel, um, <laughs> and I feel like everyone just sort of needs a needs needs a needs a cuddle buddy. And I, I would be Garrus's cuddle buddy if he would be mine. And if he's on a body pillow, like, do you want to, is this just like an image of him on the body pillow? Or is this sort of like shaped like him mm. where you could I, actually physically spoon him? I have to imagine the former, just because I think that is typically the the form factor for the body pillow, yeah. right? It's just kind of like a big old pillow with an image printed on like it. M- maybe vaguely with a waist of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd have a severe waist. I mean, yeah, he's, he he's quite walk wasted. Oh, this, that's the thing. I think that a pillow shaped like actual Garrus would not be comfortable. Well, he's not supposed to be, but you love him anyway. <laughs> like he is a he's a bird man. I mean, he's he's all he's all bone and 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 plating. He cannot possibly it. be comfortable to 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 snuggle up with. He's cold blooded. The food that he eats would be poisonous to you and vice versa to him. Like there is absolutely nothing in the world to make this relationship work except for your love of one another and also the squid monsters attacking that definitely draws everyone a little bit closer. I think we can all admit. And yeah, and a love of calibrations. Commander Shepard also big fan. Calibrations very important. A a big fan I would say of powerful and efficacious weaponry. Yeah. Which it's important, you know? And yeah, I, I, am I insane or was there an N7 day in the last, I want to say maybe five years where Bioware, or maybe it was an April Fool's Day where Bioware actually did fake announce a Garrus Vicarian body pillow, or am I completely insane? I don't recall that, but that doesn't mean anything. I don't recall most things that have happened to me. <laughs> Well, neither do I. Um, it did. Uh, oh, 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 it exists. Well, or it did. Or or ooh. somebody faked a screenshot of it. Oh, there are, there are quite a few that are quite salacious. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, he's got his hand. 
So oh. he's got he's got his hand ever so carefully cradled on the back of his uh, his his freakish oh, yeah, this bird was crest. Rules. Alas, at least the sexy one was. Ah, uh, uh, with his with his other uh, talon arm, sort of carefully draped across his his chest, with a little come hither action, with his legs sort of slightly crossed, a little pressed together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see it. I personally, I would have taken off my little eye gizmo, his targeting sensor. I suppose it would be because I I just feel like it, you'd break it if you're mm-hmm. in bed. I feel like that would be. Also, he's wearing boots. He's in bed. That's gross. Take off the boots because I don't want to get space ringworm from his gross boots on the on the sheets. So, what if those are his bed boots, Ian? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, it, it might get a little chilly on the Normandy. He, he might need like bed socks for his taloned feet. His weird, weird talons. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually a Ars Technica review of the body pillow. Is in, the April Fool's post incredible? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad that. Is there a date on that? <laughs> April first, twenty fourteen. Oh, twenty fourteen. Your no. Well, no, I'm fairly certain that my idea predates mm-hmm. that. But I'm just I'm just glad somebody else thought of it and did something. Because I mean, I think that I I I'm pretty sure that I conceived this notion after encountering probably like my fifth or sixth friend who was for some reason thirsty for Garrus. And I was like, there has to be a market for this product, like a legit market for it. You know, he's, he's super competent, but at the same time, unsure of himself, a little shy. You know, he just needs a little boistering to truly meet his potential. I can understand the appeal. I'm just enjoying the Ars Technica, like little, little um, pop out of the specs at a glance. Like texture accuracy, disappointingly pillow-like and not at all Turian-esque. Calibrations performed, all of them. Will Garrus return my love? No. Not in a way <laughs> human very can good. appreciate, but yeah. there is in his own, you know, way. way. Very much like the food, um, uh, his love is poisonous to us and our love is poisonous to him, but mm-hmm. there's a mutual understanding. I, I just, I, I love that we found something that, that really, truly was, in, in a sense, executed upon, and I didn't have to do anything. This is, this is the ideal world. And even, even better that it was done with some amount of skill. So, what, what's the next idea? <laughs> Uh, I think our, our our sixth and final idea. Mm-hmm. So we have the Star Wars prequels: colon all fighting edition. <gasps> oh, and again, I think that this has been sort of, sort of handled in the various fan edits that have attempted to kind of like condense the three prequels into one vaguely watchable movie. Mm-hmm. But I would love for somebody to do one that literally is nothing but the battles where like maybe you you start with the the lightsaber duel at the end of Phantom Menace and then go through just, just do all of the fighting and nothing else. It just I wonder what that would would that be would that here's the question mm-hmm. would that be satisfying to watch or would it eventually get boring? I I'd get bored. I think it would be incredibly boring because I find the prequel fighting to be boring anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like retread stuff that Red Letter Media covered ten years ago in their Star Wars uh, review, which is still I think masterclass as far as um, breaking down the the faults of that movie. But uh, it's it's uh, that those horribly cho- well actually phenomenally choreographed fights from the prequels hold no emotional weight because a duel is always supposed to be an external representation of an internal conflict or resolution or growth of a character. 
So when you just have these super smooth movements, no matter what is going on within the character's arc, it, it, it's just it's just dull. It's it's just dull. It's just dull. Just flippy flip uh, slap slaps. Like I, I find all the prequel fights to be really dull and overwhelming and just a lot of flash and color with no substance. Give me Luke chopping wood with the lightsaber any day of the week over the prequel fights, personally. I don't, I don't know that it could be said any better. <laughs> That's not true. This really landed squarely in Ian's wheelhouse here. <laughs> I wouldn't say squarely, but yeah, well enough. Okay, if it were Star Trek and fencing. Captain Picard knows how to fence, and he does it a lot better. Uh, he can take Guinan down, that's for sure. <laughs> Excellent. And that I one mean, guy with the gray hair from Times Square that never comes back again. God. Anyway. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. It's, it's um, easy to I can think of plenty of things that would be improved by cutting it only down to the fighting. Sounds like maybe, maybe the prequels aren't it, but, you know, the second and third Matrix movies? No, actually. No, no you're right. Were, that you're was right. The whole movie, pretty much. No, and it's... Uh, no, I, th- I, that's how I watch them. <laughs> I, that's how I watch the, the 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 second and third one. And I have to tell you that I have done this a few times now. And by now, the the doc, the entire doc battle sequence from the third one is excruciating. You know, I saw that movie, but I have no idea what you're talking about. It's it's the the, the I just part blocked it out. I think. Yeah, well, the the machines have broken into the the, the the so there's the there's the human city and there's like this dock at the top of it where they keep all of their shippy ships that fly around inside the garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are the um, garbage shippy ship hovercrafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but now it's full of, of full of robot squids. And the way that they defend against the robot squids is extremely stupid in every respect. And I I I can no longer even respect it from just a like an action point of view like I, just, I I couldn't do it like I that might be the final time I watched the third matrix movie or at least maybe that part of it because the, the there is the exciting bit is when Jada Pinkett Smith is piloting the, yeah. the last remaining shippy ship to get back there again for an extremely stupid reason that doesn't make any sense but that whole thing where they're being chased through the tunnels of garbage is is great, but that I think that's probably the only good part of the Doc battle now, having watched it as many times as I have, which is in and of itself perhaps a shameful admission. I've only seen it once, and I distinctly remember the third Matrix movie was the only time, at least that I can remember, that I went to the bathroom because I was bored. <laughs> you can go see if anything fun is happening yeah, in the lobby. Just kind of, just wandering around, so I don't... I think this was around the time that everyone got in the mechs and the mechs have no like armor over the person operating the mechs. I'm like, I'm done. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, just put like a shield or something around the guy's head at least. So he doesn't, Oh no, he died. Okay. Well, never mind. Let's go see what's happening at the toilet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Anyway. Um, God. so yes, God, I've fuck. never seen the second one either. So, um, <laughs> just went in on third. What? Why? Uh, uh, it has. I'm going to just. I'll go on record. The second one has its moments. Okay. Wait. Does it connect the third with the the second one? Am I missing anything to complete the the grand narrative of the Matrix? You. You know. I. I'm, uh, so no. Nope. <laughs> <I have to> no. <know. laughs> 
Like I've seen <laughs> the so. Colonel Sanders speech on YouTube and that seemed to be nothing. So is there something? Perhaps perhaps that will have to be answered later. Okay. <laughs> the big questions were made. Indeed. I think it's now time for one of us to give a terrible recommendation or showcase an idea from our guest. Ian, do you have for us a terrible recommendation or an idea you would like to bring to the masses? Yes. <laughs> Shoes. Oh, no, your face. But they are inside out so that the grippy part is on the bottom of your soul. Will it help? Probably not. Will it be interesting? Eh, not really. But how about this one? Instead of rubber and air for tires, asphalt for tires, rubber and air for roads. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Mm. I, I did think Almost about as that. good as I, shoes that are on the I, inside. Yeah, I, I had thought about that when I watched that episode of The Flintstones. There's... When I was like seven. There's an episode of The Flintstones? Well, not that with the has shoes the, down. Oh, I was about to say, they don't wear shoes on the Flintstones. That's part of their aesthetic. Yeah, they've got... They've they, can, got a, they have necktie technology, but they don't have shoe asphalt, technology. They've uh, got tires, and, and they run on... And maybe it's not on the Flintstones. Maybe I dreamed it. No, they just run on dirt. Right. Hey, listener, leave a five-star review. <laughs> and if this idea if has been this. in a cartoon from the Flintstones or maybe something else, maybe uh, in Besha's dream. Maybe it was dream, the Bears. Then leave that five-star review and yeah. you get uh, my ever-loving praise. <laughs> warmest regards. Mm, always and forever, my regards are the warmest. We should let everybody know we can be found on the internet. Or not. <laughs> I, I, never, I, I'm going to let everybody never know. Never too late <laughs> for, for witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> as far as me uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and I've got a newsletter you really don't want to miss you can find links to all that stuff at flavor.country go there now you could find me on Twitter as Besha just like it sounds and there's probably a guy on Twitter named Ian follow him he's probably alright <laughs> if you haven't already go ahead and give this show a five thing rating in whatever podcatcher you're using to listen and if you feel like being extra amazing, leave us a nice review. It'd help us out a lot. If you've done that already, the next time a friend asks what you've been listening to, tell them about us. Yes. Thank you. And remember, <laughs> if you've heard an idea you like, go ahead and do it. I just want credit. And I want a cut. Do-do. Do-do. Do-do.